You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 33. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Kieran here for another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today I have a special guest who's going to talk with us about betrayal, how to heal from it, how it affects your health. We're going to get nitty gritty into betrayal. Dr. Debbie Silver is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and she's the author of the number one best-selling book, the Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Crisis. Her recent PhD study on how women experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being featured on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx, and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping women move past betrayal once and for all. Welcome, Dr. Debbie Silver. So glad to have you here today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. So betrayal, when I heard what you talked about and what you were particularly passionate about, I immediately wanted to know more. I don't think there's a woman alive on this planet who hasn't experienced betrayal and how there isn't a woman who's that betrayal hasn't affected her health. So it's a universal experience that up until now, I really hadn't met someone who was an expert in. Maybe they had written about it and it was a part of what they taught about. But I love that you focused in on that. And I know that you did did that for a reason. So how did you come to be interested in betrayal? Yeah, it's a great question. You don't study something like betrayal unless you have to. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, let's just back up and I'll get into my whole story. The yeah. way I define betrayal is it's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. And the more we, we depended on, on someone, the more we trusted that person, the bigger the betrayal. So let's say, uh, you know, a child who's completely dependent on their parent, they do, they do something awful. That's going to have a bigger impact than, let's say, your coworker taking credit for your idea. Still a betrayal. But betrayal has many faces. I mean, it could be, think about it. The one we, we go to uh, right off the bat, we think infidelity. I mean, huge, right? So that's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. But we can also feel if you're religious, you could feel, well, if I worship, then I'll be kept safe. And then something happens. You could feel betrayed by God. You could have, let's say, your best friend where the rule is your secret is safe with me. And then you see it there on Facebook breaking of a rule. So there are so many faces. In in my case, first it was a, a family betrayal that was just devastating. And you know how the universe works. You don't quite get the lesson you were supposed to learn, so you get another opportunity. Well, that was in the form of my husband. And that 
catapulted me right into a PhD program in transpersonal psychology. And that's the psychology of transformation and human potential. I, I was transforming, I didn't understand it, but I, I needed to understand how the mind works and why we do what we do mm -hmm. and how I could heal. So uh, while I was there, I did a study. And I did a study on how women experience betrayal. Again, it was completely self-centered. I wanted to know how to heal and I wanted to understand how uh, women could move through this a little, a little more, a little more easier or more gracefully. And I remember going into this study saying, my gosh, how we have the stages of grief. If there could be stages of healing with something as devastating as betrayal, what comfort would that bring? And we actually made three discoveries. And one of them was that you could stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime. But if you're going to fully heal and transform, you're going to go through five stages. And now we know physically, mentally, and emotionally what happens at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So well, think let's about get into that. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I just think about that. So it's like I have people in my program now and they say, oh my gosh, Debbie, this would have saved me 20 years because you, you, we don't know what we don't know. So if you don't even know you can heal from something, you, you're just sort of waiting for time to help it. Or right. so often we wait for a new relationship. But I'll tell you, when it comes to betrayal, time does, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier, maybe a new relationship a little easier maybe but what heals betrayal healing betrayal heals betrayal right. um so that that's been proven now and we know it will follow us like a shadow until we face it so let's get let's get to the five stages and then yeah. i'll talk about some of the symptoms too mm -hmm. that are classic to betrayal so the first is like a if you can imagine like a setup stage and by no means is this a judgment or a blame i mean this is what i saw with every single woman me included if you picture four legs of a table the four legs being physical mental emotional and spiritual what i saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and mm -hmm. neglecting the emotional and the spiritual so we're really good at thinking and doing and not as good at feeling and being and also, you know, picture a table. If we only strengthen two legs of that table, well, it's really easy for that table to topple over. And that's exactly what happens with us. Also, if we're only concentrating on the physical and the mental and not paying much attention to the emotional and the spiritual, we also shut down our intuition. That's mm -hmm. our gift. So if we shut down our intuition, I mean, every woman in the study too, she was like, you know, I kind of felt like something wasn't right. Something mm -hmm. seemed off, but I was too busy or whatever. Anyway, mm -hmm. so that's stage one. Stage two, we're blindsided, absolutely blindsided. Here's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. You know, first think about it. You're never betrayed by someone you don't know. It's always by someone you're close to. So we're Blindsided is the word that comes to mind for everybody. And there's the breakdown of the body. So here, now you've ignited the stress response. You are headed for just about every stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind, you're in a complete state of mental chaos. You cannot make sense out of what happened. There's confusion. There's overwhelm. There's brain fog. There's, you, we just can't make sense out of this. Mm -hmm. And there's a breakdown of the worldview. This is your mental model how you view the world. You're safe. You're not. This is the way the world works. This is how we go about our day. And now in a moment, your mental model is completely shattered. And a new uh, 
worldview has not been formed. So think about it. Here's where the bottom truly drops out on you. It's the scariest stage. And I remember a woman in a study saying, you know, Deb, it's like this. Imagine uh, just about every negative physical feeling you can have and losing a child in a crowd. Like at that moment, like that feeling. That's what it feels like. You know, you feel like you've gotten punched in the gut. The wind has been taken out of you. You, you you're just in a daze. I mean, it, it's awful. So here's where the bottom drops out on you. But think about it. If you were walking down the street and the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You would grab hold of whatever you could to stay safe and mm -hmm. stay alive. And that's exactly what stage three is. Survival instincts emerge. This is the most practical it's stage. It's entirely practical. If you can't help me, get out of my way. Where will I live? How do I support myself? How do I feed my kids? Who can I trust? Who do I speak with? Who do I go to? Totally practical. But also stress response is still ignited here. We're still headed for disease and illnesses and all kinds of stuff. And I'll tell you, this is the stage right here where I see women stay stuck forever. Because think about it you when we we get slammed with something like this and it's one thing to ruminate now when you're ruminating you're trying to make sense and make meaning out of your experience but we stay there too long we start marinating you know and here's where we start we start thinking well maybe i deserve this maybe that's all i can hope for maybe that's maybe i deserve this maybe this is you know i guess this is my new space and place and i set up camp here and here's where i live and and we start believing that this is where we belong. And then, you know, also what's so hard about leaving this stage is we have all of these secondary, you know, the secondary gain that we get from it. Like, think about it. You get to be right. You know, you get, you get pity. You get lots of self-pity. You get sympathy from other people. You get someone to blame. That's powerful. Right. Yeah. We don't have to do the hard work of, do I trust you? Do I trust you? Do I trust you? Forget it. I won't trust anybody. Right. We, we get all of, we have our story. We get to build our case and to the, to the ego, these are wonderful benefits. Now, if you've decided though, uh, you know what, these benefits don't serve me at all. And there's so much more to gain if I'm willing to give this up. And willingness is, the, is a huge word here. If you're willing to let go of those benefits, what you're, what you're doing is your, your uh, willingness will help. It's one of the things that you need to help you move to stage four. And stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you realize, you know what? My old normal doesn't exist anymore. You grieve it, you'll, you, you, you've experienced that loss, whether it was a loss of expectations that you had, a loss of the relationship, a loss of who you were, what you thought you had, whatever that loss is. And, and I, I sort of liken this to, if you've ever moved to a new house, condo, apartment, office, whatever, you don't have your stuff in it yet, doesn't feel cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And just being in that scenario where you know it's gonna be okay, at the very least, you're not wreaking havoc physically on your body as you were. That those stress-related, you know, all those symptoms, illnesses, conditions, disease, you're, you're sort of telling the, telling the body, you know what, I'm not good, but I'm certainly, we don't need to be in this state of complete survival. So once you're in that stage four and you're sort of making it your own, you're like, okay, you know what, I'm going to make this work. And the old me, the old relationship, the old 
all of it doesn't exist, but I'm going to be okay here. You slowly move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Healing. Your body starts to heal. You know, you also didn't have the bandwidth to, for any sort of self-care, self-love, eat well, exercise. Your head wasn't there. Mm -hmm. You were busy surviving. So now you have, you're more willing to take better care of yourself. Not because of like, look at my body as a result of this, or look at, you know, whatever. You're out of self-love. It's like, I deserve to treat myself a little bit better. You know, I just to nurture myself. Your mind starts to heal. You're making sense. You're making meaning out of this. And you have a new worldview based on where you've been, you know, and, and that table from the the first stage of where we were just prioritizing the physical and the mental. Now we're, we're solidly grounded because we're paying attention to the, um, the emotional and the spiritual too. Wow. That's intense. And I love that you outlined this because it's different from, we know about the stages of grief and there's probably is grief in there, which you mentioned, Mm -hmm. but I love that you detailed some very unique stages related to betrayal and as you said earlier you wouldn't be researching this unless you had to so what was it that led you to be interested in this well it was it was my own betrayal certainly and it because i i just said there there's got to be a way to to move through this and for me healing my family, healing myself, healing my marriage, like that, I mean, maybe that sounds selfish, that wasn't even enough. I said, if I'm gonna heal from something that to me was just the hugest injustice, such a, you know, it just so wrong in every single way. If I could heal from something like this, like something had to, for something like this to happen to me, it had to be for a reason, and then for me to heal, I'm gonna do something really good with it. So if I'm gonna heal, I am taking as many women (laughs) with me. I mean, that was really, the intention and, and the, you know, we, we made two other discoveries too. You know, I remember originally some uh, studying something called post-traumatic growth, which is like the upside of trauma, how your trauma leads to a new awareness, perspective, insight Mm -hmm. that you didn't have because of that. But that's, it's, you could call something post-traumatic growth, whether it's disease, death of a loved one, natural disaster, and betrayal felt different. I mean, I, I've had disease. I've been in ICU for 11 days. I've lost loved ones. And it felt, betrayal felt so different, but I didn't want to assume. So I brought it back out to all my study participants. And I said, does betrayal feel like a different type of trauma to you? Unanimously, everyone agreed. They said, Mm -hmm. it's so different because it's so personal and because it's so intentional. So it needed a new name. So we coined this new term, post-betrayal transformation, PBT. That's why I'm at the PBT Institute now. So that was something else because when you, and it's not a, you know, like a competition, but it's when you heal from other life crises, so often you're still intact, you're different, but the whole self hasn't been completely wrecked. When it comes to something like betrayal and because it's so intentional and because it's so personal, the whole, I mean, self is destroyed. This trust is destroyed. Your confidence, sense of worthiness, feeling of rejection, abandonment. I mean, we take all that on. If it's, if it's a romantic betrayal, desirability, lovability, like all of these things. So not only do you have to rebuild, 
whatever was like left in the rubble of your betrayal, you have to rebuild yourself. So it needed that new name. So it's the rebuilding of this entirely new you and whether it's relationship with the person you had, whether it's just a new self completely, plus that rebuilding of everything that was destroyed. Um, it needed that new term. So post-betrayal transformation. Yeah. I love that. So it, it really sounds like you discovered that it's a gift in the end because it transforms you to a greater expression of who you are by getting that four-legged stool more balanced where it might've been crooked and you're on the physical and mental but getting you to step firmly into the emotional and the spiritual, is that correct? You're, you're so right. And, and, you know, I went into this study, you're supposed to have, you know, no biases of, and listen, I was new to research, so I was doing my best here, but I, I did, I falsely assumed, I said, you know, the women who, in my estimation, weren't the hardest hit, well, they grow the most because they have the least to overcome. I was dead wrong. I was so <laughs> wrong. And it turned out that the women who you would think, I can't even imagine how they get out of bed in the morning. Those were the ones who became so strong, the strongest, most unshakable woman I've ever, women I've ever known. But I'll tell you, there were three groups of women who did not heal. And I want everybody to hear this because this is what can keep you stuck. And you may think, well, I'm trying, I'm doing the work, but you'll know if you're in one of these three groups. Number one, if they were numbing, avoiding, distracting, using things like food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior. This is what my TEDx was about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was when we're using these things because it's just too painful to face it, to feel it, that we don't heal it. And we, and we do, we keep these things at bay. And I remember like one woman comes to mind and she said, well, you know, my doctor put me on uh, happy pills, she called them, you know, and another one, mood stabilizers and antidepressants. And, and I get it, it's so painful to look at this stuff. But when we do those things, we don't face it fully and we don't heal from it fully. Maybe it makes it a little bit easier to get through our day, but not without a price because we keep taking it with us. Mm -hmm. The second thing was when we refuse to mourn the loss, like we just refuse to accept it. Like, nope, that did, I'm just not, I'm not accepting it. I'm not moving forward. That kept us in that like stage three, moving on to stage four. And the other one was, and this was huge. I saw this too. When the betrayer didn't really have consequences. So let's just say in a marriage where there really wasn't a big consequence. Not only did that woman not heal, that was my most physically sick group. That's interesting. And, and I'm not surprised. Right. And, and, you know, and I remember speaking with one woman and she said, Debbie, I have lost the people closest to me. And I, there was such devastating loss, but that didn't make me physically sick. My broken heart made me physically sick and not being honest about what I needed and, and what, you know, what I needed from my partner, what I needed for myself, it, you know, the body just can't handle that. So those were the things that I saw over and over again. And um, that's not saying transformation is easy because it's, it's not, you know, I use this example a lot, but I'm going to explain this and everybody will see exactly what I'm talking about. Like here's resilience is bringing back, restoring. You need that for your everyday. It's a worthy goal. So like, let's say you have a house and your house needs a new boiler and you get a boiler like that's resilience or it needs a new paint job and you paint that's resilience or it needs a new roof you got a roof that's resilience bringing back to here's transformation 
a tornado comes by and levels your house, right? A new boiler's not going to fix it. New paint job's not going to fix it. New roof's not going to fix it. All three aren't going to fix it. Now, here's the thing. You have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this is the most terrible thing that's ever happened. You'd be right. You'd call your friends over and say, oh, look at this. This is awful. They'd all agree. And you don't have to do anything. No one could fault you for just standing by your house with your box of tissues and mourning the loss all day. But if you choose to rebuild your house, there's nothing there. You could build anything. Why build the same house? See, that's transformation. You're in this beautiful position of that old relationship house, the whole thing, paradigm. Oh, it doesn't exist. What do you want to do with it now? Right. And, and I love that. And that's one of the things I help people understand when I work with them on their physical health is that the mental, emotional, spiritual is a part of that. And then you, that you almost cannot be the same person and heal the illness that you're trying to heal. You have to become someone different and transform your entire being from the inside out which includes those four pillars of the stool yeah. uh, that you talked about and what you're talking about. So I'm really hearing more and more that you're saying that, that it is a gift because it does provide you with this transformation. And one thing that I'm very interested in is we've done a few shows recently about childhood trauma, adverse childhood events, the ACE study, mm -hmm. looking at that and how that affects you as an adult and how your number of disease diagnoses will be higher, number of prescription medications, your life span will be lower, the more ACEs you've had. But I'm wondering how does adult betrayal tie in with childhood betrayal because childhood abuse is essentially a betrayal. Is there a relationship between the two? Oh, absolutely. And you know, in the beginning, at first I thought, well, let me rule out anybody who's had any childhood betrayal. It was like virtually impossible. Yeah. So, right. So what I did was I studied uh, the women that I accepted into the study had to have a betrayal, whether they had a childhood betrayal or not, they had to have experienced a betrayal in adulthood. So I studied the adult, the, the betrayal from adulthood, but to, to, to get to what you're saying, absolutely it has an impact because it's so familiar. Mm -hmm. So if we have a childhood betrayal, whatever that is, and you know we were treated a certain way or, or uh, it left us with just confusion or our, our self-esteem or our confidence was rocked because of it, well, then we meet someone, whether it's a friend, a partner, a, a, a boss, that same treatment feels so familiar. So although it's not good, it's so familiar. So it, it's, and, and this is the thing. And, and what I found repeatedly was, and this was the case with me too, you know, when, when something presents itself and, and, it, and we may grow up with it, so it does seem normal, but let's say we were supposed to heal from it. The lessons get louder and louder until we say, oh my gosh, I will never stand for that again or put up with that again and how did i allow myself to be treated that way and and the truth is then the lessons learned and then it's a beautiful gift like but it with that there's i talk about death and rebirth and you know it sounds morbid but it's really not it, it truly is the death of the old like i can i can assure you when i came out of my 
uh, when I when I just felt so compelled to to enter this PhD program, I felt it. I was like the old me just is I'm shedding this old because it had been that four kids, six dogs, a husband, a home, a business. It's like, it was always about everybody else. And this was like, no, 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 uh, this is a new me. And, and that was like the beginning of just this newer version of, I can't, if I'm expecting a new, let's say my husband. And at the time I didn't know, I was willing to just absolutely let everything crash and burn, but I knew there has to be a new me that emerges from this because who am I to ask of a new anybody else if I'm not willing to be a new me too. I love that. That just gave me chill bumps all up and down. Yeah. I, I get that being willing to just let it burn to the, to the ground, just mm -hmm. let everything go and shed that old skin and become somebody new. But in my mind is who you really were meant to be. It's more like peeling off layers to become your authentic self. Um, so I love that. Um, and I certainly have gone through a type of rebirth myself and, um, and do appreciate the journey at this point. And thank you for sharing, um, what you've gone through. And so what are you passionate about now? You know, uh, it, it, well, this just completely rerouted my entire life. I mean, and now here I am, you know, so we have the PBT Institute. We have a program that it's so predictable now that we know physically, mentally, emotionally what happens at every stage. So we know what it takes to move from one to the next. So as long as a woman is willing, it's almost like those little children's rides, you know, if they're willing to sit in that car, they will predictably move from one stage to the next. And at the end of that, we have certification programs to be either a certified PBT, post-betrayal transformation, support group host, or practitioner, because what my intention now is to have these practitioners and support group hosts in every state and every country, eventually every few blocks, because at a, at a time where we need support the most, we are the least likely to seek it. So if women know that there are these groups all over, and I'm, I'm talking all over, that's where we're planning on having them, then they'll have that support they need. And I also found that, well, I find that every time I teach, I heal. So I want these support groups and practitioners to have that same opportunity. That's awesome. So people can get trained to be, to offer that type of support. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a quiz available that people can take. Do you want to tell them about that? Sure. You know, we've also identified there's this collection of mm -hmm. physical, mental, and emotional symptoms so common to betrayal. It's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. So we have an assessment on, on the site to see to what extent is someone still struggling. So that's right at PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. I love that. And you've shared a lot of information about what the stages are going through post-betrayal syndrome. What would be the top three take action steps that you would leave everybody with who maybe they're listening and they're realizing that they're stuck in one of these steps. They, they're in the post-betrayal syndrome. What would be the three take action steps for them. Yeah, the, the first thing, the first thing I would say is we'll take the quiz because it'll show you where you're struggling. Mm -hmm. But if you if you have a health uh, symptom that, you know, so often I just mentioned the word betrayal and people don't, they're busy playing this game of whack-a-mole and they have no idea it's tied to this unhealed betrayal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you go to the most amazing health experts and that health issue isn't healing, good chance it's tied to an unhealed betrayal. Or if you're struggling in business, 
that could be tied to an unhealed betrayal because think about it. If you never restored trust, how do you trust someone as a business owner mm -hmm. or even within a company or your confidence was wrecked? You can't ask for that raise. You can't speak your truth. You can't speak up because that hasn't been restored. So you see where it's affecting, of course, in relationships, it's the most obvious. If you, you say, well, you know what? I am never letting that happen again. And you put up that big brick wall, which keeps out the bad guys, but it's keeping out the good guys too. You know, so you know, mm -hmm. if you're not open in, and you're not feeling physically good, if, you're, if, if it's showing up in your health, in your business, in your relationships, that's, a, that's an unhealed betrayal. And it could be from 30, 40, 50 years ago, doesn't matter. You know, as you're speaking, a couple things come to mind. One is a particular patient I worked with for years and she never could get her health where she wanted it to be. And her husband was a serial cheater with no consequence. And mm -hmm. she really downplayed the effect that that had on her health. But at some point it becomes self-betrayal because you know that's who he is and you know that's what he's going to do and he's going to continue to do it because there's no consequence and it's hurt it was hurting her so the other thought that came up in my mind as you were talking is what about self-betrayal is that a separate category we could probably have a whole other discussion on that yeah. but what 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 thoughts do you have on that briefly it's, it's very real self-betrayal is when you say you won't do something and you'll do it when you make a promise and you don't keep it when you don't honor yourself or it could be you know i had somebody uh recently I was speaking with and she said, you know, Debbie, I'm eating well, I'm exercising, I'm juicing, and I got breast cancer. My body betrayed me. So, so self-betrayal could be, you can interpret it as uh, a disease or just simply when you don't honor your own, what's in your best interest, but absolutely you're betraying yourself when you know it is not in your highest and best interest to, to accept a level of treatment that you don't that you know where, where it's just not right it just you wouldn't ask that of anybody else but meanwhile look what you're accepting that's self-betrayal right yeah so great three take action steps i love those and the name of the podcast is her brilliant health radio and i'd love it if you could share with everyone how you would define her brilliant health her brilliant health is just being authentic and just honoring your truth. And if something isn't right, find out why. There is just such a brilliant version of you that's waiting just to be healed and unleashed. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much, Dr. Debbie Silber. And The Unshakable Woman is available on Amazon, correct? Yep, right on Amazon. Her best-selling book and um, her TEDx talks are also available online. And her quiz, we'll have the link in the show notes. We'll have the link to her website as well. Thank you so much for your journey and for your expertise and the work that you're doing with women. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you're inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. 
so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.